Support for our show comes solely from listeners like yourself. If you like what we're doing, help us by sharing the pod on social media and leaving us a five-star review, whether it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Audible. Thanks again for listening, and without further ado, let's start the show. Hi, I'm Nancy Velarde. I am the current president of PCTA, but I was an English teacher, 10th grade English teacher, for about 25 years. Started out in New York, but most of my time was here in Pinellas. I am sticking to my union because I believe everybody deserves a voice at the table. And the union is a way for teachers to have a say in what their day looks like and what the children receive. I will always stick to the union. Bargaining with my best friends, Phil, Ramsey Aziz, and of course, our old president, Mike Gandolfo. Um, Not that old. Former president. <laughs> previous president. <laughs> Emphasis on old. No, no, no. <laughs> Nice. You can scratch that best friend thing too. Yeah, right? <laughs> and this is this is not a continuation of our long running Lord of the Rings joke. His name is really Gandalfo. <laughs> well, we we decided, I think, that Lee's Gimli, yeah, and then he's our Gandalf. Welcome back to PCTA's Fire Podcast. As always, I am Brennan Pickett. I am the Fire Co-Chair and FEA Director. I am Philip Belcastro, Fire Co-Chair and PCTA Director at Large. I am Ramsey Aziz. I teach AP Psychology, AP European History, Anthropology Honors, and Humanities Honors. And I'm Mike Gandolfo. I'm the uh, former president of PCTA, former executive director of PCTA. I'm the current executive board member serving on the executive board here at PCTA. And we're really excited to have Mike on. Um, he was my first president, actually, when I'm thinking of union presidents in the PCTA. So I do have fond memories of him coming to my school and kind of give me the who's who and the what's up. So today we're coming together to talk about a very special thing for our members and why unions are so important. And that idea is collective bargaining and why we do it. So, well, what is collective bargaining? Mike, you have a lot of experience with collective bargaining. Can you just tell us what it is? What is I it? do. It's, uh, well, PCTA and uh, for support staff, our uh, uh, PESPA folks are, uh, those organizations uh, represent the entire bargaining unit. So whether you're a union member or not, you're being represented at the bargaining table. Uh, so the, the district is dealing with one entity instead of having to make side deals with 7,200 teachers. Yeah, and it has kind of a rocky history because I think Florida is one of the few states in the United States that has collective bargaining written into our constitution itself. Mm -hmm. We do. Collective bargaining in a right-to-work state is is uh, not a given. It was won uh, by uh, folks in 1968, uh, one of the first, uh, I think it was the first teachers uh, strike in, in, the, uh, in the country. Teachers from Florida, they actually didn't just walk off the job, they resigned. They were wow. so incensed <laughs> by the conditions of uh, uh, in the schools. Uh, they were grossly underfunded, pretty much uh, similar to the <laughs> I was uh, just going say through now. <laughs> Sounds familiar. So it uh, wasn't even like, we want this job to be better. They just flat out, we don't want no. this job at all anymore. Yeah, for them, it was all about 
making the education better for the students. Right. They were willing to put their pensions and their, their jobs on the line to do so. Unfortunately, only 40% uh, of the teachers actually walked off. Because right. uh, as you know, in a right to work state, you don't have to be a member of the union. You know, so they were able to get uh, people to fill in those positions, uh, retired people. Uh, Scabs. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Traders, yeah, it, 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 it is. Um, yeah, that is a word commonly used uh, for people that do cross uh, picket lines. Right. But yeah, uh, but still, they stuck it out, and uh, they did win uh, the right to collective bargaining, which was uh, put in our constitution, uh, in the Florida Constitution. Uh, of course, uh, uh, they also had to put in the constitution that uh, they would not be allowed to strike. Mm -hmm. So that that is not uh, a weapon that uh, teachers can use in the state of Florida without risking their pensions. But they didn't say you can't still just walk right off the job and quit in mass, right? You can still do that. You, whoa, whoa, whoa. you could. So <laughs> we're saying the S word a lot. Right? Yeah. I just want to make this very clear. We're yeah. saying the S word. I think it's also important to say that many people consider this strike to be a massive failure as well. We did right. get the collective bargaining strike, but we did yes. not get everything they wanted. Right. And right. what ended up happening was they did write it into law saying, if you were to strike, I mean, Mike, you know more than I do. What happens if we strike in this state? Yeah. So if, if you were to strike, you 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 lose your pension. Uh, and for a lot of uh, folks that go into a public service, uh, the pension is the one attractive because certainly the pay is not. I would disagree that it was a uh, um, a failure. I think they didn't win everything that they wanted. But to to be in the South and to be in a, a right to work state mm -hmm. and to have collective bargaining. I mean, you can go to Texas; they don't have collective bargaining at all. They do not. Uh, there's nobody representing them. There's no negotiations. So, mm -hmm. um, but we they do, do have a lot of Bucky's. You can go work there. <laughs> <laughs> Bucky's employees do get paid better than teachers. Yeah, we got we got to check uh, we got to check the benefits for uh, Whataburger also. Whataburger. I think actually we're the only state in the South that has collective so. bargaining in the yeah. Constitution. Now, this is a yeah. unique thing from Florida. But one of the things that, you know, uh, all the things that they wanted and they didn't get, and some of the circumstances back then, what you were talking about, Mike, kind of reminds me of like a common refrain that I use a lot and a lot of millennials and now Zoomers like Mr. Aziz, who are also entering the workforce, <laughs> repeat is, what have we got to lose? Because so many millennials and a lot of us younger teachers entering the workforce Listen, we're not counting on that pension to begin with. Right. We can't afford a house. There's no way we are affording a home. We can't afford health insurance. We I can't afford buy a house. That's, that's a guarantee. We have literally yeah. nothing to lose because we haven't gained any. I'm 36. I own nothing. Right. Literally, I could just I could just drop my bags and leave at any point because there's nothing here. And we're, there's we're, also like the thing that like the respect and this idea of being a teacher. Like my parents tell me all the time, like, don't just stay as a teacher. You got to get your PhD and become right. a professor. And <laughs> right. that's my ultimate goal but there was a time when teachers were actually respected and that the career was respected and it's going away it's disappearing right. in the in the u.s overall if it ever existed if it ever existed right. yeah. Yeah. you tell people yeah. you're a teacher now and people are like oh and, i'm so sorry <laughs> and, and, and like yourself uh, phil i I'm, I'm a new yorker so mm -hmm. and i was in the uh, carpenters uh, uh, local 608 okay. uh and striking <laughs> striking it, it, you know is a powerful weapon uh and i like to say that yes it's against the law here in Florida. However, if you could organize every single teacher and they all walked out, mm -hmm. 
they would have to hire us back. What would they do? But that's not going to be the problem. The right. problem is going to be is that, uh, you know, you walk out, but your neighbor doesn't. Right. Exactly. And, and that they leave you hanging. And exactly. that's basically what we have because yeah. a strike would work anywhere if 100% participate right. in it. But that's not going to happen because I guess teachers just aren't teams. And that's all before the cost of giant inflatable rat balloons. <laughs> and I, one more thing to add to that, I believe many of the teachers who did resign during that first initial teacher strike, they did not get their jobs back. Yeah, many did not. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was for a good cause. We've but... reached a point now where we're like, who wants it? We have teachers quitting on mass here Listen, in Pinellas County. We have like what yeah. over a hundred vacancies for teaching positions. It's getting bad. It's getting really bad. You're listening. I can cook a mean brisket. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> and it's about to get worse. All right. It's about to get really, really bad. Yes, is, it's, it's bad, really bad. Is. Current, current legislation is going to make it, uh, you know, almost impossible to want to stay in the profession. So collective bargaining, what does this look like? Right. What does it look like if I'm if I'm going to be bargaining for my entire union? Like, what does that look like for me when I walk into the room? Uh, well, usually you, you walk in with a bargaining team. Okay. Uh, because uh, when I walked into uh, bargaining, I, I was the, the head of my bargaining team, but uh, I was a social studies teacher, so I could bargain effectively for a social studies teacher, not for a social worker, mm -hmm. not for a speech language pathologist, uh, not for an elementary school teacher, because I didn't teach. So I needed people uh, from all different um, aspects of education to tell me about their day, uh, what would make their lives better? How could they be more effective in teaching students? Um, and, you know, you, you pick uh, um, people that aren't afraid to open their mouths, that, that will uh, make their arguments and uh, do it intelligently. And number one, they have to have the heart of a teacher. They have to want to do what's best for kids. Because if we end up doing what's best for students, most of the time, 99% of the time, it's going to be what's best for teachers. Absolutely. You're listening to PCTA's Fire Podcast. I'm Brendan Pickett here today, talking about collective bargaining with my best friends, Phil, Ramsey Aziz, and of course, our old president, Mike Gandolfo. Um, not that old. Former president. <laughs> previous president. <laughs> Emphasis on old. No, no, no. <laughs> nice. You can scratch that best friend thing too. Yeah, right? <laughs> and this is this is not a continuation of our long-running Lord of the Rings joke. His name is really Gandalfo. <laughs> well, we we decided, I think, that Lee's Gimli, yeah. and then he's our Gandalf. Yeah. Yep. I was thinking, does that make you does that make you Bilbo Bargains? <gasps> Bilbo Bargains. <laughs> Speaking of Bilbo bargaining, what are the benefits of having union representation such as PCCA negotiating for teachers rather than just having district do it for us? Yeah, well, of course, uh, district is going to uh, do what's best for district. You hope that they want to do what's best for students, uh, but sometimes they need reminding. There's definitely an advantage of having another side there because the administrators aren't in our classrooms. They, they're just not there. They're not teaching Thankfully. students. Uh, so <laughs> it's easy to make a decision from a desk over at the, you know, the admin building. But uh, if you're not, and I like to say this to all administrators all the time, teaching happens between a student and a teacher. 
everybody else is just supporting cast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, you're you're the boss, but uh, you're just there to support your teachers. If you do what's right for the teachers, if you do what's right for the kids, you're going to be helping the teachers. We're all here about the learning process and trying to make it as, as easily digestible for students as possible. And uh, somebody from behind a desk can't do that. It needs somebody that's going to be standing there every day, uh, taking it on the chin and feeling totally exhausted at the end of the day. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, you know, get up the next day because they wait for that one moment when they look at a kid and they see that light bulb uh, above their head because they finally got that concept that you've been trying to drill in for the last three days. That's what makes teachers get out of bed every day. Right. Just one yeah. small tangent on that, by the way. I mean, I got to remind people, if you're an administrator and you're listening to this podcast right now. Um, Thank you. We're, we're, we're teammates. <laughs> you know, like we're, we're on the same team. It's, yeah, absolutely. We're the ones in the front lines. You're the ones supposed to have our backs. Like I hear a lot from members saying like, oh, my administrator is out to get me. I'm like, I'm like why? Yeah, that doesn't make sense. That makes no. no sense. You know, no. we're supposed to be all working towards the betterment of, you know, these children of our students and whatnot. So this animosity between teachers and administrators, to me, it's nonsensical. Right. You know, we need to do better working with our administrators to ensure that learning is happening inside the classroom. If you're fearful of your administrator, something has gone terribly wrong. The relationship is completely falling apart at that point. Yeah. I mean, and at that, if you're an administrator listening to this, if you're a school board member listening to this, if you're somebody who goes to school board meetings and are otherwise part of the community and are listening to this, send us an email because we want to talk to you. Like we want to have these conversations with you on the mic. If you want to do it, that's again, that's part of being a team. Let's have these conversations. So you want to have union representation for teachers at the bargaining table. Okay. I get that. Well, what is going to happen? Do you think like, I want to kind of examine the implications here of teachers not having this relationship anymore. Like it is constitutionally part of Florida's constitution, obviously, but also like, What's going to happen? What would district prioritize instead of our salaries? What, right. what, what would happen? Well, what would happen uh, is they're a, a large business with a tremendous budget. Uh, and so they're going to be fiscally responsible. And one of the first things they're going to do, I, I think, is try to find ways to, to cut corners. And one of the biggest things that's on their budget is uh, uh, health insurance. Uh, it's every year it goes up every year you know we've been lucky that they've been willing to uh, to eat it the increases every every year uh, for the last couple of years at least uh, they do not have an infinite amount of funds yeah. uh, you know we we can ask for a, a ton of money but we know what the what the, the state gives them you know so we we definitely uh, it, it, it benefits to have people on our side of the of the bargaining table that know uh, how much money is available, because if we're not there, then they're going to basically uh, try to save money. And, and like I said, I think insurance would be one of the first places. And this this is not we know this is going to happen because this similar legislation passed in Wisconsin, and we know what the repercussions were. And one of the first things they did was the the money the district pays towards our retirement. They made them pay half of it. They made the the teachers pay half of it. That cost them five thousand dollars in the first year. Wow! Uh, wow. The, the next year they they uh, got a, a high deductible uh, health insurance policy that cost teachers another five thousand dollars. So within two years, uh, they lost uh, uh, I think over eleven thousand dollars of total compensation uh, because there was nobody there. They could make decisions unilaterally, uh, and so 
yeah, it definitely is going to be a painful thing. And here in Pinellas, we have almost $6,000 that comes from our referendum. And the district can't ask for that money. The district can't uh, promote and, and, and advertise and say, hey, voters, vote for this. They can't lobby for it because they are the recipients. They can't do that. We do it. We hire the campaign manager. We pay for the billboards. PCTA, we get you mean? PCTA yeah. does that. Yeah, PCTA. If we're not there, then that may not pass. And right. when you tell people uh, vote for a tax, most of the times they're going to say no. It failed in Hillsborough, didn't it? It did. I'm thinking of just the um, we we're going to try to get light rail here in Pinellas County around 2013. Yep. Remember that? Yep. No yep. tax yep. or tracks. No right. tax or tracks. Right. It failed miserably, and I was yep. I was miserable about that. People are still but, mad that we lost. Uh, one lane in each direction on First North and South and St. Pete, uh, which was like, which both First North and South are like super speedways with no lights on them. Yep, the, yeah. Those roads do not need three lanes and they made one of those three into a bus lane and people are furious. How dare you? Yeah, even though you can still speed down that yeah, street. Yeah, like you could, you could still drive down it, but yeah. occasionally you, know, you yeah. might see a, a bus. Yeah. <laughs> it's horrifying. So let me bring this back for a second. What, what, <laughs> What Mike was talking about was Senate Bill 256 or House Bill 1445, which they're both centered around this idea of limiting union access within our schools. Uh, Senate Bill 256 has a 60% threshold for union certification. It has payroll deductions where they're going to get rid of the item in our paychecks, right? So we have to pay in a different way, a third-party way. And then lastly, it's going to limit the access for well, union literature at our at our own work yeah, sites, that one right? Sucks. That one really sucks. So basically, it's a kill union bill if you're thinking of it that way. And when you kill the union, here's the big part, right? You kill collective bargaining. We, we also need to make sure that it's very clear that it's killing only the teachers' union. There are a lot of unions that are excluded from this. Well, right. What they did was they made it public employees, public employees. but yeah. they took out the firefighters and the police. Yeah, and not every yeah. public employee. I think knows this also. I would bet Absolutely you that not. the uh, um, like sanitation and waterworks and all that stuff, water resources and all, don't know the full details about yeah. this. And, and I'd point out that the uh, they do carve out the cops and the firemen, uh, but they are also at close to one hundred percent membership. Right. Okay, those are not people you mess with because they are at one hundred percent membership. Uh, teachers, they're not. Yeah, you no. know so. We're the, uh, the you know the low hanging fruit, and that's where they come in after us. So, what is the challenge for our membership? How do we? I mean, I know this is like kind of the the question that comes up in almost every episode, but yeah. how do we drum up our membership to have that type of strength? Well, hey. the, fa the <laughs> fact the fact that we have sixty that the threshold is sixty percent is really a bogus thing because if you were to go to every teacher and ask them, uh, and w when you do form a union, you have to get signatures. Mm -hmm. Pe the, the bargaining unit has to want you there, okay? So maybe they don't all want to pay, but they all want us there. They all want a contract. They mm -hmm. all want somebody uh, representing them at the bargaining table. They don't want to just take the crumbs that are handed to them. They want to know somebody's fighting for them. You know, if, if he was really trying to pass something that had any merit, he would say if 60%, uh, less than 60% of the teachers don't want you, and then we could just send out a survey and see who wants us. And I guarantee you we're probably close to 90% of, of the teachers would say, yeah, of course I want somebody there. May not want to pay for it, but they want us there. You listen to PCTA's Fire podcast. I'm Brennan Pickett here. Um, I'm here with Philip Castro, Ramsey Aziz, and Mike Gandolfo talking about collective 
bargaining and possible legislation moving through to delete unions from <laughs> from the select web. all delete select all delete union. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of incredible because I, I think I, I think about this story all the time. I, I have a brother in law, Alex. If you're listening, he, he's he's a funny guy. He's younger too. He's like 22, like Ramsey over here. And I told him like, man. I really don't like how little I get paid for the amount of work I put in, right? And it pays a common issue of all teachers. And he told me, well, why don't you just ask your boss for a raise? <laughs> Mr. Uh, DeSantis, can I please have a raise? <laughs> First of all, to be clear, our boss is the children. We are public servants. We can't ask the kids for money. We can't put tip jars on our desk, although I've thought about it. I think that we should do that and see what happens. There's nothing in the contract that we can't do that. No, the, the kids would take the, from the tip jar. <laughs> but I think that's what unions are. That's that's me asking my boss for a raise. This my right. union goes and they're asking my boss for a raise, and that's right. what it is. So I have to pay for that. I think the biggest problem is is because our pay is so low, we we struggle in membership. That is the biggest thing. If you look at how firefighters make, right? So they do one, well. One thing that that Mike had said earlier that made me think is I'm I'm curious. I don't know I don't know where the data exists on this. I'm sure it's somewhere where we can pull it, but. You talked about like how the pensions and health insurance and all being huge money sucks for for the district, sure. essentially, right? Um, I'm not sure if I'm ever going to retire from this job. So, like, how many how many people? Like, what is the threshold for people who are literally like going to collect that pension? Because I think a lot of us are just not counting on it, and it's it's been written about many many places, many many times that millennials are job hoppers. I myself have job hopped like so many times, and you know my average is probably like three, four, five years at a job, and then I just move on to somewhere else that's going to pay me better, offer me better benefits. So, how many people are actually relying on this as a career, especially considering none of us can start families, none of us can afford a house to live here. Right. So what are what does the future of this profession in general in Florida and in Pinellas specifically look like if these things like health insurance are not reliable, pensions are not reliable, you know, we're, we're not even able to really save up money. So many of us are paycheck to paycheck to begin with. I'm paycheck, paycheck to paycheck right now. I sold yeah. my car got a motorcycle just so I wouldn't have this car payment and I wouldn't have to pay as much in insurance. Like who, who's expecting this pension? You know, who's actually relying on this pension? Yeah. <laughs> well, there are people. Mike is. Yeah. Old guys like me. Yeah, yeah right. There are people. For sure. But I'm, I'm talking about, I mean, I, it feels like there's going to be, there's going to be some kind of bottoming, bottoming out. Right. It, like soon-ish. Cause you know, uh, you know, Ramsey is 22. He's like one of the brand new teachers, right? I'm 36. And I, I can say like right. when my parents were 36, even my sister, who's a little bit older than me, when she was 36, a lot, that's like an age where people are well invested in their careers. And they're like, all right, let's, right. let's put an addition on the house. Let's get a new roof. That stuff. I have no, I have none roof. Well, I think we can channel this outrage back to Senate bill 256 because they're trying to take away the dues payroll deduction on our pay sub, but we have to pay into FRS. Right. We have to pay into retirement, but we can't pay into our dues anymore. Like, are you kidding me? Right. I have to pay for this thing I'm probably never going to see. And right. by the way, they love holding that over our heads. Yeah. So like, I have to pay for this thing that I might not even see. And then on top of that, I can't have my dues taken out of there now. So I have to find like some new magical way to make sure I have representation. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather not pay for my own retirement, get that little bit of cash now. And then pay for the dues because I feel like the dues are going to be more worthwhile and I feel it's going to be more helpful, at least for me, because I'm a young teacher who I'm not ever expecting to see this pension or a retirement in my life. And I'm sure other people like, like Philip, like Brennan, you're not expecting this either. 
you know, well, I, I still want it. You want it. Yeah, yeah. make that very clear. Yeah. No, yeah, no. Obviously, we want it. And but you guys may not be getting the pension. You're still getting money towards retirement. It's just in a separate fund. It's right. IRAs that what they, they that they give you guys now. Yeah. You have an option. You can go into the pension, or you can go into um, um, this retirement account. And then what? And, and you can take it with you. So okay. you'll be able to take it with you if you decide to, if he, I mean, I'm hoping that you guys don't, because I know you guys are all great teachers. I want you to hang around here. You. And I think that, that that's, that's a big problem. And I think it's a legislative uh, conspiracy to, uh, to make this uh, atmosphere so toxic that you guys are thinking about leaving and we're losing our best and our brightest. Um, this that's not what public education is all about it, it, this should be a career that you're going to be compensated well that you're going to get a, expect a nice pension when you're done uh doing your time and that you actually enjoy doing it every day uh and i'm just sorry that uh that's not the case but i you know you can see the handwriting on the wall yeah this just like we were talking about the district their health insurance is one of their biggest uh, uh parts of their budget education is one of the biggest parts of the budget in in the state and so the state uh would love to cut that out just give everybody eight grand a year and say you know what no one's ever going to ask me for more money because now we're going to throw it into the uh, uh uh the free market economy and it'll never go up before you know every year they're not going to have to add more and more and more because because uh, all the charter schools will just you know undercut each other and try to do mm -hmm. it for less and and, and that's what's going to happen and so public schools will will uh, deteriorate and public schools will become a thing uh, of, of the past uh, you know will be the place that only those students that uh, these other organizations don't want anymore the the ones that are too hard to teach the esol the esc kids that's that's what will be left in public education and and so uh, it's really a sad situation and and uh, uh, we're really this state is is uh, they're on the wrong path and I mean you and I talked about this for the show I mean I told you like I, I kind of like this gig you know I kind of like teaching yeah. I do and uh, if and when I do leave this place I will be teaching somewhere else that's how mm -hmm. I feel and I've been looking at other places and I I want to say a teacher I just don't know if it's gonna be in Florida anymore yeah, okay. I mean, that's how I feel, and it, it is a shame, and I, I feel the sentiment, and like I want to stay. I'm from here. I'm from St. Pete. Like yeah. I want to stay here, but at the same time, if I'm not going to be able to raise a family and actually buy a home and live like my parents, you know, who got to buy a home and start a family, like I don't, yeah. I don't want to be a part of that. But I think yeah. we're going to end here, and when we get back, um, we're going to do our base awards. So stick around, guys. Hey guys, it's Brennan. One of my goals moving into this podcast project was to have the voices of our listeners play an active role in sharing our message that Union's public schools, well, they're not going anywhere without a fight. And as we dive deeper into the themes of public education, teachers' unions, and political activism, we want to hear from you, our listeners. If you're a teacher, parent, even a member of the community, we extend an open invitation for you to send us a voice recording with your name, occupation, and why you're sticking with the union during these politically turbulent times. We love to play these recordings at the beginning of our episodes and share your thoughts with our listeners. You can send these recordings to PCTA fire. That's F Y R E pod at gmail.com. Additionally, we encourage you to write to your representative and advocate for teachers unions and public education. 
you can easily locate your representative by visiting www.myfloridahouse.gov forward slash find your representative. Your voice can make a difference in supporting education and the future of our students. So take a moment to send us a voice clip and write to your representative. Let's work together to positively impact education for all. Hello there. If you support the podcast, you can now donate directly to us from the link in the description. You can donate 99 cents, 4.99, or 9.99 monthly. Your donation can help get me, Aziz, off the streets. Well, unfortunately, Aziz will always be on the streets. He yearns for the streets. But your support will go towards producing high-quality episodes just like the one you're listening to right now. Your support helps us keep gas in the tank, food on our tables, and our classrooms full of pencils and paper. We all know edumacators all over America are undervalued and underpaid. Help us, mooks like me, continue to bring recognition and a voice to education professionals. And we're back. Um, so we're going to do our quick little base award segment since Rams is here and he, I love having him talk. Can you tell us what the base award is there, bud? All right. Well, the base awards is basically something can be either agreeable, you know, that's pretty based, or respectable, that's pretty based. <laughs> you know, it's a multi-tool. It's meaningless. It's for fun, you know. Um, I think I'll do my base award first uh, at St. Pete High. Our wonderful, wonderful theater director uh, does everything. School mom, uh, Miss B, hosted the Gold Fever, which is tradition. Uh, I didn't really know what it was because I'm new and this is my first year at the, at the school. You know, I went to go and like to like, you know, give her like, you know, break a leg or whatever. Tell, like, you know, give her good luck for the show. And she like told me, oh, you're going to dance for the show. <laughs> I, I had no idea. She apparently had sent me an email like at eight o'clock the, uh, the night before and to a bunch of other people. But then I went to, you know, just tell her good luck. And she said, you're dancing. So I, I went to the thing, watched the, some of the students perform and they were phenomenal. Me, Mr. Benton, uh, and our, some of our administrators also got on a golf cart, drove up onto the stage and we're dancing and it's really funny and the music didn't play and nobody danced in a proper way i did a spin a bunch of my students were there uh and there's a funny video of of all of this happening so and that's why i tell her no every single year <laughs> Kia, if you're listening this is why i say no 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 this is why i will say yes every single year because it was a lot of fun and it was it was just hilarious it was silly I had, a, I had good conversations with everybody who was participating in it. And, like, you know, I did it for the kids. And, like, a lot of my freshmen were there. They got super excited seeing me there. They don't get excited when I'm in class trying to teach. But they got excited seeing me outside of class. And of course. A lot of my, you know, older kids as well, they saw me and they were making fun of me in class the following day. But it was great. And it was extremely based. All right. Very cool. Um, my based award is in, in relation to my ongoing quest to join the Space Force. Uh, personal trainer Ramsey Aziz. We were in the gym. Uh, was this last night? Is that yeah, before? Last this, night. This was last night. One of the requirements uh, for the military is you have to run a mile and a half in like eleven minutes. 11, like something like that. Eleven yeah. and a half minutes. Um, 
And I last night got my very best mile run, I think since high school might have might have beat that all time. Um, the reason I don't know the exact time is because I was so excited. I hit the emergency <laughs> stop button it, by accident. It was <laughs> almost threw me off the treadmill. <laughs> it's approximately, if I remember correctly, like seven minutes and 36 seconds. Yeah, I think it, was it, was like, like, I think it was like 746 or something. Some, so, somewhere around there. So I, I got my mile run down to under eight minutes. And my, the last time, I may have mentioned this on the podcast already, the last time it was like 11 minutes, 11 and a half or something. Yeah, it was something like so that. So it's a, it's a pretty significant change for me. And I'm, I'm I, you can't see me. You can only hear my voice but i'm not, I'm not like a slim a slim guy i'm not really that slender so uh, for me to run at all i mean my knees are popping i got i got some jello jiggling it is well, not beautiful he so. also did an eight mile run with me one time with uh, one no, of our I school walked. counselors that was, that, was uh, a that, story. Was, that was crazy it was no, absolutely yeah. crazy I, I did very little running i promise you <laughs> <laughs> we were running we were running in the front meeting the counselor it was an extended pity party and they had to come back and get me several no. times <laughs> they did laps yeah. yeah they did laps around me it was like uh like a road runner and wiley coyote no ridiculous but i'm extremely proud of philip he's doing great in the gym and Thank uh you. I appreciate and that. he's gonna make it to five minutes i guarantee it i'm gonna make it happen i I believe that i I trust you you're a good trainer uh my base word is pretty uh, i guess it's kind of a brag but um we're breaking records on this podcast Um, our last episode which was the school board episode approaching eye roll status um hit our most listens recently out of all of our episodes and it's already been passing our previous episodes it's been been a good time and, um, I mean, if I can tell the listeners, I'm here with Creative Loafing right now. They're in the room with us. And then mm-hmm. we also have an a, a interview coming out with Carrie Sheridan next week. With NPR. With NPR. Yeah. So, That's on Monday. Coming out on Monday, right? I, I feel wow. I'm very proud of the work we're doing. I'm very proud of every people that sits in this room with me. I'm very proud of everything we're doing. And mm-hmm. hopefully we can get fired from this, right? Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> And shout out to, to Brennan's wife, Emily, for this being kind of her, her idea. So. Yes, we love Mrs. De La Paz. <laughs> <laughs> right. Mike. Uh, well, I, I'd have to say that uh, um, just being here with uh, uh, three young unionists uh, who are young enough to be uh, my sons uh, is probably uh, uh, as good as, good as it gets. Uh, I do appreciate this opportunity, and, and uh, I, I love the work you guys are doing. I think you guys are uh, definitely aces in my book. And if you need me anytime, anywhere, just uh, pick up the phone, and I'll be there. And, Mike, I, I want to thank you so much for coming yes, on. Thank um, you. This is big for me because I got you were you were my president when I first started. So <laughs> this is good stuff. Thank you again, and uh, thank you for listening to the Peace Days Fire podcast. As always, I'm Brennan. I'm Philip. I'm Ramsey, and I'm Mike. Thank you. Have a good night, guys. Peace, Take peace. Hey everyone, we would like to remind our listeners about important school board meetings taking place on March 21st and April 11th at 10am, as well as a 5pm meeting on April 25th. Remember, it's vital for teachers, parents, and community members to attend these meetings and advocate for public education. Your voice and presence can play a significant role in shaping the future of education and improving the lives of students in our community. 
We want to give a special thank you to Philip Belcastro for providing our theme music and Artifact for adding some great tracks into our intermissions. If you haven't already, be sure to check out Artifact's music at artifactjoints.bandcamp.com. We also want to express our gratitude to Radio St. Pete for airing our podcast, Jamie Beck, Brian Balton, Carla Correa, and Nancy Filardi, as well as all of our supporters in the education community. Your support and dedication has been instrumental to getting the word out and reaching new listeners. Well, that's all for today. I'm Brennan Pickett. You guys have a great day.